Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Prep Life Podcast. This is your founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, Amy Inger, today with my fabulous co-host. Hey, guys. This is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini Coach and IFBB Bikini Pro. So we took a little break from you. Sorry, but we're back. <laughs> we promise we aren't going anywhere. We just uh, did not pre-record, and I had left for Arizona. So we are back. But this is why you subscribe to the channel so that you can mm -hmm. get the latest updates whenever we do record. Uh, but we'll try our best to stay on top of it on a weekly basis. So, Chris, was there anything you wanted to catch our audience up with on this last week that when we missed them? Um, I would say the biggest things were, uh, as far as like personal life. We went up to Bush Gardens in Williamsburg to celebrate uh, my boyfriend's brother's birthday. So we got together with a group of people and enjoyed the amusement park. I did uh, plenty of food prep. I brought um, some beef jerky, some tuna packets, stuff for protein, and then uh, raw veggies to snack on like carrots, cucumbers, and had packets of almonds and rice cakes to make up for the carbs and fat. So I was well prepared. Um, actually brought extra for other people who are snacking on the food. Good for you. So I, yeah, I, uh, I did, I was really proud of myself for sticking to, uh, my programming during an event like that. Um, so that, but it was a lot of fun getting to spend time with them. And another aspect of, uh, my prep is I just got another DEXA done uh monday yesterday yesterday morning so the last one i had gotten in was in march and then this is the beginning of june so i'm trying to do them kind of quarterly um and my results had said that i had lost um around two to three percent body fat again so my body fat's continuing to trend downward and i had increased my lean muscle tissue by two pounds so we're continuing this recomp of bringing down my body fat and trying to get a little bit more muscle tissue on my body for when I step on stage next and things are going well. I would say the timing of the DEXA was perfect because I was getting pretty discouraged with the scale just being a constant over the past several months, um, you know, with some variation in there, but you know, you, when you have that number or that range that you're trying to get out of, and for me, it's the 140s. I just wanted to get into the 130s, and I would, like, dip in there and then come back up, and it was really messing with me. So seeing the DEXA results was just confirmation that I just need to keep going. I'm doing the right thing. The program is working. It's uh, a good swap of body fat for muscle tissue, and I'm, I'm on my way. So I would say those were the biggest updates for me last week. How about for you? Yeah, I uh, picked up a new hobby, golfing. Uh, it was really fun. <laughs> my in-laws came to visit from Indiana uh, to our place in Arizona, and we went golfing. And so I now have a set of golf clubs, and um, I'm going to yes. start doing that here and there. I don't know when I'm going to fit in that in my time schedule, but um, it was definitely <laughs> super fun. And uh, we did all kinds of activities, like very um, physical activities, like hiking and uh, kayaking. And I was at the Pro Physique gym. And this is the nice. pros, not Pro Physique in Florida. Um, so 
I got to see, you know, that vibe is always so good because it's like an entire gym dedicated to IPB pros and NPC mm-hmm. competitors. So you're, you know, it was fun too because I got to attend uh, Alex Ross. She's an IFBB bikini pro. She was yeah. hosting a boot camp and it was very challenging, but really, really good. She has such good energy. She's so fun. So it was really fun to take that class and um, just be surrounded by like 20 women kind of going for similar goals, uh, working out side by side. It's always a good time when you can surround yourself by like-minded people. So that was pretty cool. Yeah. I always find that so rejuvenating. Yeah. Yeah. It's just motivating. I, I felt like I would make myself out of breath. I didn't train with, um, the IFBB pro that I normally do like one-on-one personal training with. So Mm -hmm. I just did workouts on my own, but there's something about Damien being in the same room, kind of like watching me (laughs) and, um, I was making myself like, feel like, (laughs) yeah, like just pushing myself a little bit more than I normally would, you know? So it's good motivation. Yeah. It kind of gets you out of the rut of what you normally do too, when you step into something like that. Yeah. They have really cool equipment too. So I made a new discovery. I was talking to Damien about the angles. Um, so typically I use a glute drive at my gym and the angle for whatever reason, it doesn't engage like that lower, you know, that V taper, that bottom of the glute just doesn't make it sore very often. And so, um, Deborah Goodman, so the person I normally train with, her husband made this, um, I want to say it's like a wedge. It's like a wooden wedge and they Uh have it on their hip thrust. That's like on the floor, just like a regular kind of like a Brett Contreras, you know, where it has the pad pretty low to the ground, like just the 12 inches, um, with the barbell. And then they have this wedge up against the wall. So your feet are at an angle and holy cow, that made the bottom of my glutes so sore. And then he had this new machine that I had never seen before. And it was called the booty builder and it had the same angle, uh, just basically the machine provided that angle. So it was, it was elevated and he was telling me like to try to find something like a wedge or whatever at my gym. Um, and have my training partner just kind of hold it there. So we found a wedge and we did that this week. <laughs> um, and so I was so sore, like in new places that I've never felt before last week. And then my training partner, I had her use the wedge at our local gym here. And she was like, oh my gosh, the bottom of my glutes is so sore. I'm like, I know it's the angle. It's so crazy how much it really impacts uh, the changes in, in your glutes. And I mean, are you your... can feel it, you know? And your feet are on the wedge. Yeah. So it's, you're at, it just like increases the elevation. Uh, it's hard to explain, but your toes are like pointed up, like on the, on the ramp. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Uh, yeah. This makes sense from the booty builder. That's what the platform is at. Yeah. It's, it's basically the booty builder. You can just put this wedge on a glute drive or on the floor for a normal hip thrust machine. So it gives so the smart. same angle as the booty builder if you don't have a booty builder in your smart. gym. And it makes a huge difference, that angle. I so, love that. Totally unrelated to the podcast, but I just thought I would share that with those prep lifers out there. All prep lifers <laughs> use, are using wedges now. <laughs> yeah. He was like, you should just make one and just 
keep it in your gym bag. I'm like, I don't know if I can haul that around, but we found something in the gym. So we're, we're like hiding it so that we can use it every time we use your secret. I love it. Yeah. So anyway, okay. So what today's podcast is about is cryotherapy. Um, totally different topic. Uh, but I have had a lot of clients that utilize this and I personally have not done it myself because I have seen some of this research on the effects of hypertrophy that it has in a negative context. So I just wanted to share this with the audience because I know that cryotherapy is kind of like that new, like, uh, clickbaity, just kind of, you know, like new, mm -hmm. uh, trend, I guess, uh, yeah. for recovery. And I wanted to explain what it was kind of like how it works. And then it does have some benefits, but how in our world it may not be, um, quite might may not quite live up to the hype based on some studies that were done recently so just mm -hmm. kind of giving you the background on cryotherapy it was invented in japan in the 1970s so it's been around for a long time it just started gaining traction on the state side a few years ago so clinics opening up literally all over the country you see cryotherapy places and um, more and more like bodybuilders are starting to really like it it's about a three minute session and it, the average cost, it depends on where you go. Um, some of these places, like I know, for example, the Chiefs Fit Gym here has their mm -hmm. own cryotherapy where you can just do like a $20 add on and then you can use it whenever you want, like after your workout and things. Um, mm -hmm. I know my lifting partner tried it. I didn't have the guts to go in there. I don't like yeah, cold. <laughs> Me too. Um, but she tried it out, and so you know you can, you can uh, buy a membership at these places that are specifically dedicated to that. Um, do you have any in your area, Chris? Uh, I know TC's done cryotherapy once or twice before, and it, it was around like thirty dollars for his session. Oh, okay, yeah, so. yeah. That's when we were in Virginia, not in. There's nothing where we live now, but you guys are in. <laughs> back when we lived in civilization. <laughs> when so, yeah, it was like it was like thirty bucks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So once you're in the night in the chamber, you'll get this burst of nitrogen gas every thirty seconds or so, and the freezing gas surrounds your entire body, and that causes your blood to rush away from your limbs and towards your core in an, an attempt to warm and protect your vital organs. Uh, from an ICU funeral. So uh, <laughs> basically it just puts you into survival mode. It fills your uh, blood up with oxygen. And then when you step out of that chamber, your blood immediately rushes back to your arms and legs and you'll feel warm, almost like a tingly sensation. Uh, mm -hmm. So did you have anything to add to that before we move on to like quick facts about cryo? No, I, like you said, I, I've been, the cryotherapy has been suggested to me from other athletes and I just don't want to be cold. I'm like, you need, to, it has to like really, really make a big impact uh, for me to, to, to withstand that uncomfortableness. So uh, yeah, I think you're, this description here, uh, I'm just imagining it and uh, that's enough. That's enough for me. <laughs> Okay, so let's go over the quick facts. The first one is the temperature of the air vapor ranges from negative 166 degrees Fahrenheit to negative 260 oh. Fahrenheit. Case in point, we don't like to be cold. Uh, <sighs> most treatments last between 90 seconds and three minutes. 
and uh, basically the athletes ha- that have done this report feeling less sore in the days following an intense workout. So mm-hmm. I have heard that too anecdotally from people. Yep. Okay. So why don't you start with the first benefit of cryo? Sure. So cryotherapy uh, can help treat migraines um, it, by cooling and numbing nerves in the neck area. So one study found that applying a neck wrap containing frozen ice packs to the carotid arteries in the neck significantly reduced migraine pain. Um, it's thought that the cryotherapy works by cooling the blood passing through these intracranial vessels. And you know, like the cold constricts blood vessels and some when we have headaches, our blood vessels are dilated. So the carotid arteries are closed um, or they're not completely closed, you would be dead. Um, <laughs> but the carotid arteries are more constricted and um, that helps with reducing some of the pain. Yeah. And then number two is numbs nerve irritation. So many athletes have been using cryotherapy to treat injuries for years. And one of the reasons why is that can numb that actual pain and the cold can get that um, irritated nerve to be have that numbing effect. And so doctors will treat the affected area with a small probe inserted into a nearby tissue. And this can help treat pinched nerves or neuromas, chronic pain, and even uh, acute injuries. So we always hear about like icing mm-hmm. and injury and things like that. Icy hot. <laughs> <laughs> uh, okay, number three is uh, cryotherapy with treating mood disorders. So the ultra cold temperatures in um, whole body cryotherapy can cause physiological hormonal responses. This includes the release of adrenaline, uh, noradrenaline, and uh, endorphins. So it can have a positive effect on people that are experiencing mood disorders like anxiety and depression. One study found that whole body cryotherapy was actually effective in short-term treatment for both of those things. So just something to consider if you're looking for some types of therapies to help with um, mood disorders. Yeah, it's that extreme cold to warm the body's way of uh, adaptation there. So four would be that it reduces arthritic pain. Localized cryotherapy treatments is the only thing that's effective at treating serious conditions. One study found that whole body cryotherapy significantly reduced pain in people with arthritis. They found that the treatment was well tolerated. It was also allowed more aggressive physiotherapy and occupational therapy as a result. And the ultimate, it ultimately made uh, rehabilitation programs more effective. Excellent. And the next one is uh, it may help with low risk tumors. So targeted localized cryotherapy can be used as a cancer treatment. In this context, it's called cryosurgery. It works by freezing cancer cells and surrounding them with ice crystals. It's currently being used to treat some low risk tumors for certain types of cancer, uh, things like prostate cancer. Mm -hmm. And cervical cancer, I know, is another one. Uh, Number six, may help prevent dementia and Alzheimer's disease. So while more research is definitely needed to evaluate the effectiveness of this strategy, it's theorized that whole body cryotherapy can help prevent Alzheimer's and other types of dementia. It's thought that this may be an effective treatment because of the antioxidative and anti-inflammatory effects of cryotherapy 
it, where it can help combat the inflammatory and oxidative stress responses that occur with Alzheimer's. Hmm. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. uh, okay, the next one is it treats atopic dermatitis and other skin conditions. So atopic dermatitis is a chronic inflammatory skin disease. Uh, the signature symptoms of this are dry and itchy skin. And because cryotherapy can improve antioxidant levels in the blood and can simultaneously reduce inflammation, it makes sense that both, local, uh, both localized and whole body cryotherapy can help treat atopic dermatitis. So another study done in mice examined its effects for acne um, in specifically targeting the sebaceous glands as well too. So a couple different things that the cryotherapy can affect with skin conditions. Yeah, so those are the positive things. And then when the studies that I've looked into that kind of prove its negative impact on muscle growth, we're going to kind of go into those. So mm -hmm. you can look for these published articles, but I'm just going to give you a brief overview. So the... Um, the two things that the studies were based on, there were two key tenants. So cold water immersion reduces inflammation and musculoskeletal tissue. And then regular cold water, water immersion enhances post-exercise recovery and resilience, thereby leading to greater adaptations to training. So uh, the first of these tenants is supported by preclinical studies on the effects of icing or cryopreservation. So... Um, the, the second tenant though, by contrast, the evidence supporting is very lacking. So, uh, we're going to go into the randomized control study of these physically active young men that were strength training twice a week for three months. So one half of the group performed the cold water immersion after the training session. And this just involved sitting from their waist up in water at 10 degrees Celsius for 10 minutes. Then the other oh. group performed active recovery after each training session. So this involved things such as riding a stationary bike as a self-selected low intensity kind of like aerobic cardio activity for 10 minutes. Mm -hmm. So in this study, they measured the muscle mass using MRI and they also tested strength and then they collected uh, resting muscle biopsies before and after the three months of training. And so they discovered that both groups had gained muscle and strength following the training, but these gains were significantly smaller in the cold immersion group compared to the active recovery group. So interesting even more so is that type two, so this fast twitch, when we look at our bodybuilding muscles, you know, the, mm -hmm. the bigger ones are the white, the fast twitch, and then the red, the endurance muscles are a lot smaller. So we want to have fast twitch as, as bodybuilders. These only increase in the active recovery group. So the ones that were doing mm -hmm. cardio post-workout, not the ones that were doing the cryotherapy or the cold water immersion. So that's definitely a... These findings definitely show the evidence against the notion that regular cold water immersions uh, really can, um, you know, have a negative impact on muscle growth or hypertrophy goals mm -hmm. afterwards. Did you want to um, talk about the next study that they used the two groups with? Uh, I am always really poor at explaining studies, so I... 
I can, I can do you it. You are, you're the teacher. I think you should teach. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm over here taking notes. Okay. All right. So another group, they used, again, physically active men, and they completed two sessions of resistance exercise. Both were on separate days, and they actually used separate legs for each one. Mm. So after each exercise session, they performed the cold water immersion or the active recovery as we explained before. And then they also collected blood samples at regular intervals, muscle biopsies before and after exercise. And then also even 24 to 48 hours after exercise. And so they wanted to see how that would kind of affect the mTOR pathways. So we know that our mTOR pathway can be a signaling pathway that um, kind of encourages either Uh, muscle protein synthesis or um, the growth of satellite cell um, proliferation. So you're you're building muscle by having these mTOR pathways in a positive Mm -hmm. direction. Um, And so after following the cold water immersion, immersion, I cannot talk. I'm so sorry. (laughs) (laughs) Um, They actually found, again, that there were smaller gains in the muscle mass and um, just as they found in the previous study with the ones that had done the like cardiovascular versus the cold water immersion. So two different studies prove that doing cold water after the strength training sessions for both these different studies and trials and groups showed a significant um, you know, data that the muscle growth was not there as prevalent as if they did not do the cold water immersion so yeah it's it's definitely things to think about too if you're someone that struggles with putting mass on like if you can choose you know recovery items um that are not a gamble on your gains or your your hypertrophy feedback um i know personally (laughs) i enjoy warm recovery items like uh epsom salt baths um or like um, heat pads and stretching and those types of things. Um, yeah, I I just think it's important to be intentional, I think, with what we're utilizing for our individual physiques. And again, that's just strictly looking at the how cryotherapy affects our hypertrophy, not any of the other collective benefits. Yeah, so it although it does show that the you know, the signaling proteins that regulate the muscle hypertrophy is affected. um, And it definitely diminishes following the water, cold water immersion. We just need to keep in mind that there are different types of inflammatory things and responses that can happen after that cold water immersion. So it's Mm. definitely something that could be, um, you know, compared to the active recovery, you could find that the cold water immersion does have anti-inflammatory benefits so you may find that like you don't experience doms which is that delayed onset muscle fatigue Um, you may find that you recover faster but uh, it does impair your cell um, you know on the cellular level your actual muscle hypertrophy Um, you know there could be evidence that shows that the cold water or you know, cryotherapy does have a negative effect on building muscle 
at the yeah. same rate as an active recovery. So let's put this in layman's terms. If you are weight training and you do like a cardio after your workout, you're probably more likely like as an active recovery or a cool down, you're po- more likely to have muscle gains than doing a cryo immediately after. We know at least immediately after that evidence has shown that that is a significant item that happens. Yeah, I definitely have heard too that the like the the getting your blood flow after you've done some strength training helps with uh r- you know removing some of the toxins and muscle breakdown again, not scientists, but that's what I remember from school uh when they taught us about like you want like strength training um followed by some type of cardio is going to give you the best of both worlds um of like getting providing most of your energy for your strength training session and then allowing for some recovery uh by just increasing blood flow yeah and so the other the last piece that i i've seen people say is a benefit for the cryotherapy is just that it does help stimulate metabolism slightly in terms of, you know, when your body gets cold, it has to burn calories to try to warm itself back up. So, I mean, if you're going to use cryotherapy, I think what this, what these articles are proving is that you just don't for sure don't do it immediately following strength training. There is not a benefit. It's actually counterintuitive. So outside of that, I don't think that there's a lot of evidence or research that's been done as to how it affects, you know, muscle growth. If you do it, you know, several, you know, hours afterwards or things like that. But, um, but we know immediately after is probably not a good choice. Yeah. I would definitely be interested, um, and what measurements they can find if cryotherapy is used at a different time in the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, because we know that it, it definitely helps with psychological um, benefits and then also mm-hmm. um, just kind of like that ability to change temperatures and adapt. It it helps our, our mental health and it also can probably give some positive uh, metabolic um, benefits in terms of like if you were just to put this in a simple way if you were to jog outside in cold weather versus hot weather it takes a lot more for your body your body physically shivers right and so it's actually contracting muscles to get it warm is a lot harder and it takes a lot more effort so I don't think it's like a significant amount to like you know, make a huge like difference in your metabolic rate or anything like that. But, um, I'm right. sure there's a, a little bit there to be said. Yeah. All the small things, like all the small, when you're like in the sport, I feel like there's like the, the big main foundation of things that have the greatest effect. And then once you've mastered those, there's those small things, mm-hmm. um, you can start comparing them and looking at, at them. So, Yeah. Yeah. So just one more thing to kind of think about, I guess, just reflect on this and where you allocate your resources and your time. I think it's mm-hmm. a kind of an eye-opening thing that maybe for bodybuilders, 
it's probably not worth the time and effort um, is what I gather from this. Sure. So that's kind of my, my take. I'm definitely I think so. a more hot bath type of girl anyways. <laughs> yeah, I wish there was more same. research on that as to far, how that yeah. impacts the body. Yeah. Especially like recovery wise. But I also feel like cry, since cryotherapy is like now trendy, like maybe they'll do some more, um, the, you know, I think because something comes onto the scene and it creates more interest and sometimes they get more studies and, you know, who knows what they'll discover. But yeah, don't sacrifice the gains for shivering. <laughs> That's an easy <laughs> one for me. <laughs> I know. It's like, hmm, less gains and I'm cold. I wonder which one I'm going to pick. <laughs> Even if there's not evidence to prove that, you know, outside the workout, like we obviously see right. after the workout, I'm like the cost benefit. First of all, you have to pay for it. And yeah, I mean, there's too many negatives on this one for me. So that's, that's my take on it, but I'm sure yeah. other people have other opinions. So if you do have a, a different opinion on this, or you have other information that you'd like to share with us um, or tell us how we did with this episode, pl pl uh, please feel free to, <laughs> <laughs> to send us a message. Uh, you can comment back on our IG post. We are found at Prep Life Podcast or at Glam Girl Bikini. You can tag us on our story. Let us know what your takeaways were. Let us know if you've done this before and what you thought of it. And yeah. if you'd like to apply for the team to get your unicorn prep and be treated like a unique individual with customized goals and training program, you can go to glamgirlbikini.com and hit the get started button to apply. This is your founder and CEO, Amy Anger, signing off. Oh, and I'm the CEO of <laughs> Glam Girl Bikini. I am just crushing it. With She's in my... a cryotherapy chamber right now doing this podcast. <laughs> I took a week off and I'm rusty. I apologize. This is Amy Anger, founder and CEO of Glam Girl Bikini, signing off with my fabulous co-host. And this is Chris Nicole, Glam Girl Bikini coach and IFPB Bikini Pro. Thanks for listening, guys. <laughs>